Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. and welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I'm here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's a beautiful day. I know y'all can't see that, but I'm just happy. It's May. We're having a good time. I'm looking forward to going to Houston for Valve World Americas. That's coming up in June. Uh, so just, we're really excited to be here, and I have a special guest today. Bronson, if you will just go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Well, thank you, Miss Charlie. It's great to be a part of your show, and uh I'm excited to uh, see you at Valve World and, you know, the weather's finally nice up here in Montana. We've actually started to thaw, so it's kind of a win. Yes. Well, Brunson, tell, I guess, people, what's your current job situation? Like, what are you doing for the industry? And then we'll kind of dive into your background a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in my previous past, I've been working heavily as a environmental consultant, kind of one of the leaders in fugitive emission reductions. And uh, back at Valve World in Dusseldorf, I started to really heavily talk with a couple folks, especially Tedded and MagDrive. And uh, I got recruited to actually work a little bit more local. And so I'm the director of global fugitive emissions, I believe is my title now at uh, MagDrive. And they're located here in Bozeman, Montana, where uh, quite nice to go to an office every day and see people, especially after COVID, where we've been very heavily remote. And so uh, I started also at the same time working with Tedit as their lead for environmental consulting. So I'm kind of helping them understand more how to talk to the environmental folks versus just the mechanical folks. Yeah. And I, I think that that's how I see you like over the years that I love the conversation about the environment, how we, what we can do as industry people and the equipment manufacturers specifically, what they can do to uh, reduce the fugitive emissions, right? We, we, there's, there's a difference between like overall emissions and fugitive emissions. That's something that we can mm -hmm. actually work on. So, you know, what brought you into this industry? Well, so a lot of times, I mean, I've known you for basically most of my career, I used to start all of my keynotes or introductions with a lot of folks that I grew up in the industry. Um, so my grandfather built gas plants all over the country and him and a partner would go find them and build them up and then sell them off to like Kinder Morgan or Anadarko or things like that after they ran them for a few years. And then my father was an operator and then moved into being the um, manager for a refinery in Wyoming. And then he moved up and took over both plants. And so uh, I kind of was just born and raised going there. My first job was being the yard boy at, uh, at the refinery. So I'd mow yard. And then, you know, I used to, my father was a single parent. And so when he was the head of the rescue team and things like that, and so when they had incidents, I would go out there and I'd actually help with call out when I was a little kid, when there was an explosion or things like that. And so it was just kind of one of those paths that uh, my father and grandfather told me never to get into this space, mm -hmm. but I really didn't have a choice. And so with that, it was kind of 
more what did I want to do? And I knew I didn't want to work heavily as an industry person because I wanted to be able to see the world and travel and do that kind of thing. And so with that, I, uh, I headed into the consulting side. Yeah. And you, and I think that that love for the like environment and just being in that, um, atmosphere, if you will, and, and seeing, Mm -hmm. okay, how can I add value to this? What can I do to, to yes, experience life and, and move about. Um, I'm, I'm kind of one of those adventure person people too. I love to travel and see new things and, um, you know, staying in the same location, even, um, in in the same town that didn't appeal to me. And so Mm -hmm. I had to have a job that allowed me to travel similar to you. Right. So, but, but these are your contacts. These are your, you know, you grew up with these people that surrounded you. And I think you found a, a great way to influence the market and help the, the industry with this very, I mean, it's a, it's a hard conversation, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, I'll let you talk about it because you're, you're more, um, you know, skilled in this, but how do you go in and say, you know, let's, let's look at your emissions. Like, what does that, what does that look like? Well, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of taken two different approach and sorry for the puppy. I don't know how to make her quiet at this moment, but you know, it, it's really two different approaches that took place. And one is in the United States, we were heavily regulated. And so, you know, it started back in the 70s. Well, it really started back in the 50s. But then our regulations started coming into play more in the, the 70s and 80s. And we started seeing reductions. So the conversation within the U.S. is a lot easier when it comes to how to go in and have the conversation from an environmental aspect, because we have rules that are forcing us to do it. But when you're looking at it from a global aspect, it has to be a little bit different of a thought because it's not as regulated. Yes, people always want to make the right decision, but is that right decision do more to a monetary value or is it to, you know, helping the earth? Because I I was talking with uh, one of my closest friends, fathers, figures, Tim Gedeker, who just retired from Phillips. And we were working on trying to co-author a paper for Valve World. And we were trying to figure out how to tie in the net 50, you know, 2050 goal of net zero to, you know, true product and mechanical and those experiences. And one thing that kind of resonated with me was, you know, the air that we're breathing is not just our air. This air has moved around in the jet stream and it could be coming from anywhere. So the impact that we make, you know, if it's in China or if it's in Nigeria or if it's in South America, they, it could all be coming around. And so, when you go into those foreign countries, you kind of have to have a two piece approach. One is how can I help you, but how can I make it cost effective? Where in the U S we do it more of here's the rule. And so how do I stay in compliance so that I don't have to get fined or pay and get in trouble and then make it public? Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of that, that is good. And there's a lot of regulations that are good and there's a lot of voluntary action that is good. And so if we can combine some of that in some other regions, I think is 
you know, leading by example. Um, I don't know what's best. I don't even pretend to, but I do know that we have some great experts that are talking to each other and they're, they're getting together and, you know, having these conversations about how to make um, the industry better. And I think that that's, that's definitely a testament to what you and Tim were doing. Um, so with that, like I've seen you and kind of I've, I've followed the papers, I've, I've watched your career um, kind of change and grow, but you've always been kind of part of Valve World, um, you know, for, for me and part of the the steering committee uh, mm-hmm. is where I, I know you're part of that this year, but what does that look like, How, the setting and, and connecting with these like minds to get ready for a conference? Yeah, I mean, so to kind of answer the first part of your question, you know, being a part of the steering committee is something that I worked really hard to get into. Um, When I came into this scene, I was very young. I think the very first time that I presented, I was 24 at uh, Valve World Dusseldorf. And so, you know, when, when you don't have the gray hair to kind of look at it and some of the wrinkles people are like why are why are we listening to these little punk kids talking to us we've been doing this for you know 30 or 40 years we know but i i got really in with mr andre and miss sarah and what i saw especially in in my career is you know through regulations we're trying to achieve the lowest amount of emissions but why would we keep trying to use the things that we've always used? So by being a part of the steering committee, it's helped me, you know, meet some of the biggest players within the manufacturing space um, or OEMs. I, I, everybody uses different terminology, but being able to, you know, talk with those folks and understand what products out there and, you know, from an environmental aspect, Nobody had any idea that API existed. Nobody knew that ASME existed or ISO. It's, well, I got to go buy this. Well, what am I buying? Nobody knew. And so by being able to be a part of the steering committee and, and being a part of Valve World has truly helped bridge that gap where there's such a value that, that the, the manufacturers have And it's just being able to communicate it to the right folks in the right terminology that others have. So, you know, people talk about learning a language. You're, you got to learn how to speak Mandarin if you're going to go to China. Well, you know, you have to put in that effort because manufacturers and industry folks speak two totally different languages. And so you have to have somebody that can help bridge that gap. And I think Valve World has very strategically over the years since, you know, my first time, we've started to truly show how to bridge that gap, not just domestically here in the U.S., but also globally of how to help make a bigger impact and have everybody in the room at the same time. That's such great advice too, um, just to get involved. Uh, these young people coming into the industry, it is intimidating. Um, and so um, I think getting uh, on different association boards and, and committees and events and getting out there and learning the industry through talking to people. I think that, you know, that language, I mean, part of the acronyms that come up, I'm like, okay, hold on, you're using this in a different way. So, you know, mm-hmm. never be afraid to ask which 
acronym this actually is in a meeting yeah. because everybody has a different one. Um, and so, you know, I think that being a part of this, being a part of Valve World Americas and Valve World Dusseldorf, um, I've gotten to attend Valve World Dusseldorf, which is a great experience and and seeing the vastness of the industry was, was exceptional. Uh, but, you know, excited that it's in Houston, um, kind of the energy corridor of the U.S. And um, you'll be there speaking. What What is your talk on? Uh, so... I mean, so w the first thing I'm doing is I'm teaching the the same course I normally do with, uh, with a whole bunch of updates. So the first, I think it's on Tuesday or Wednesday of before the show, I'm doing the history of fugitive emissions. Um, Gobin Kiani is going to co-teach that with me this year um, because we wanted to help actually show a little bit more about the Canadian regulations and some of the global regulations that are having impacts to the supply chain up north of, you know, the U.S., along with um, kind of the traditional thing of how to, you know, talk to everybody, how to make it consistent, things like that. But then uh, I was asked to give a keynote on the EPA and updating of regulations and how it's moving us forward more into the environmental justice space. So kind of trying to connect all those dots. And right now we're talking with a couple of the folks from EPA and NEIC to hopefully co-present or add more of their side to that presentation um, as part of the keynote, because I believe my, it's supposed to be about 45 minutes to an hour. So we're hoping kind of to meld that between two folks. So me kind of more helping industry where we can also hear more from the enforcement or what's coming down the pipe side so that, you know, our manufacturers really can start to think about how we're going to take our technology to that next level. Yeah. And just, uh, I'm just really curious, like it, kind of interacting with the EPA and having conversations with them. Is that kind of part of the regular job that you're doing now, or is it more like consulting the manufacturers that they need to do that? Um, no. So, I mean, part of my main job right now is to take a new technology to actual, you know, getting it adopted within our industry, because as we talked earlier, the, we're, we're really slow to adopt new technologies. Um, we like the old trusted way of things. And, you know, if we're, if we're truly going to make an impact, we got to have technology as our, as our friend, just like we're doing this podcast right now through computers and I'm in Montana and you're in Alabama. Um, so, you know, technology has taken us to that next step where we can make things happen a lot faster and a lot easier. And so, you know, part of my role right now is, introducing a, a zero emission valve to the market. But my other part of my role, or it's always been part of my role, is <clears throat> really trying to be that middleman between the agencies and the end users. So understanding their thought process and what's going to be coming and how can we preemptively get ahead of that to how do you talk with industry when they're potentially going to push back? So being a part and being that middleman for industry to put out comments to new rules and putting those out where you're kind of advocating for them without 
them getting their name out there. So you're, you're helping bridge that gap to communicate where it doesn't just throw a limelight at one person or, or one manufacturer. I love that. And I, I think um, if y'all haven't noticed, like y'all, y'all need to pay attention and get to know Bronson. So if you, you haven't met him, it sounds like you need to take a, a flight to Houston in June uh, to do that. Um, if you're in this industry and you're, you're really trying to connect with people, I've always um, thought that you are very uh, approachable. So, you know, I, I just give people that advice. If you can get there to these events and connect with leaders, it's just so valuable. So Bronson, is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? No, I just would hope everybody tries to come to Valve World this year. Um, there's been some changes, you know, where we're having some really good keynotes. We've added some additional trainings where there's going to be a lot more interaction this time than in the past. And, you know, after COVID, it's going to be one of the first big conferences that everybody's finally there and willing to go to where travel budgets have opened again and, and whatnot. So I just hope to see everybody there. I know I'll see you there. So we'll definitely catch up and maybe have a glass of wine or something like that. But, Absolutely. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited because we are going to be there. Um, uh, there's a panel for empowering women in the workforce, which I love. Um, but it definitely during the networking hour part, y'all come over, men are welcome. Uh, we, we absolutely need each other in this. Um, and so that's the whole point is showing what, um, you know, women can do in the industry as well. I'm really excited to see everybody y'all. I will put all the information in the show notes. Uh, Bronson, I want to do a quick rapid fire. If you don't mind, I always ask uh, a couple of questions. Uh, what is your, uh, favorite book? My favorite book book. Gosh, I wouldn't even know. Probably, I don't know. The Hobbit was okay. fun. Uh, awesome. And then what about music? Do you have a favorite song or, or band? Jack Johnson. is. I definitely love Jack Johnson. Favorite. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. And then what is the best advice that you've ever received? No, it's probably never be afraid to trust yourself. I like that. And so uh, the very close. Uh, second question to that um, is what advice would you give a young person coming into this industry? Don't be intimidated. Just make sure that you come and you try and you keep trying because it will be noticed. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Bronson. It was great to catch up with you. I feel like I learned a little bit more about you too. Uh, things probably I forgot from what, 20 <laughs> years ago or something like that. Um, Long time. <laughs> yes. Well, wonderful to see you. And I um, just thank you for being on the podcast and y'all share this episode. I think, you know, this is Bronson's first podcast. So we'll need to encourage him to get on more because this is how we're doing it these days, right? Digital podcast. It is. Well, thank you very much for your time. And I look forward to seeing you soon. And that brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Subscribe to our channels so that it shows up for you each week. You can reach us at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. You can email me podcast at Empowering Pumps. And we'll be back every Monday with a new episode. So until then, be empowering. Be empowering.